But good morning, FCC. How are we doing today? All right, let's try again. I know I was gone for a week. You already forgot how this works. Okay. How are we doing today? All right, that's what I'm talking about. Welcome to a special family day. Uh, for those joining us online, welcome. Uh, man, we're excited to be here today. Uh, good to see all the faces and the friends back again. It was good uh, week family vacation for me and the family and uh, was excited to uh, hear online uh, what was Ben was able to bring to the message on uh, teaching about anxiety and peace and just that battle warfare and ending an amazing series, Choose This, Not That. Can we give it up for Ben last week and being able to fill that spot? <laughs> Our boy Virgil wrote it got sick, couldn't deliver it, but man, Ben did a great job in doing that. And uh, man, we're excited to be back and with you today as we kick off this new series called Red Letters. Uh, so Red Letters, what's this all about? Uh, this is what's cool, about uh, 1899, so actually about six years after this church got founded, uh, they started writing Bibles with red letter editions. And that would be in the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, if you look in a lot of your New Age Bibles, you will see it in red, and that is quotations from Jesus. So this is actually the words of Jesus. And so for us today, I want us to, to really look at like what series did I want us to do to start out this relationship together with you guys uh, knowing me and us getting to know each other a little bit over these last couple weeks. For this next six weeks, what I wanna do is I wanna dive in deep to a foundation that I think we should stand on, which is the very words of Jesus. Think about it for a second. Okay, so imagine this reality. I mean, it's mind-bending, okay, so I admit that. But even for the kids in the room, imagine this. Like, eternity past, Jesus, he was there. And so all of eternity, preparing to arrive face-to-face -face with his creation. All things were made by him and through him and for him, as we read in Colossians. He gets to share what he wants to say face-to-face -face with his creation, mankind. And we get to read those words that we call red letters. So to do that well, to give you an idea of the foundation of why we're doing this series and why it's so important for you, uh, for your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your community, where we live and who we are as a church, uh, this is one of those foundational things that was like, man, we, if, if we're gonna do anything, we have to fall into and on the words of Jesus. And, and I wanna do that together in an interactive way a little bit. Okay, so the first way to get this kind of going, to get us interactive for the kiddos, you're included in this to see if you uh, are participating in this. So be, be ready, okay? So uh, John 3, 16, one of the most popular passages in all of America. Uh, how many of you guys have memorized John 3, 16? Raise your hand, adults, kids, everybody included, adults, kids, okay, have memorized John 3, 16. All right, very good, okay. So, um, how many of the kids that raise their hand, would any of them be willing to come up and actually quote John 3.16? Oh, would you do it? Awesome, come on up, come on up. Let me get a mic for you. Come on, come on. Come on up here. What is your name? Caroline. Caroline? Awesome, Caroline. I like that name. That's super cool. All right, Caroline, John 3.16, go for it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's give it up for Caroline. <laughs> Just threw down. Thank you. She's like, try harder. Like that was like nothing. Like bring it on. 
I love that. I love that our kiddos memorize that. I love that we've memorized that in our life. I mean, what a powerful passage. I mean, here it is right here, just for us to look at it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes, I love that phrase, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is like Virgil's favorite passage of all time, which I like to do it. He's not here, so I can make fun of him. But like he, he always goes back to this. And I love that. I'm like, yes and amen. All right, this is written, so Apostle John is writing down his gospel account, his good news account of what took place with Jesus through the Holy Spirit to pen these words, which are true and right and good. And that's why we memorize it. That's why we love it. That's why we're for it. Okay, but this is what's so powerful about this. Okay, so why did we choose to memorize John 3.16? And let me just try this. Anybody have John 14.12 memorized? Anybody? I remember cheating is also in the Bible, so don't do that. But um, so John 14.12, yeah, so no, no okay, and I, and I get it. All right, so John 14.12, I didn't grow up with like that being like John 3.16. You ever wonder like why? Like why this one? Like why was this one like so important? And there's some beautiful things. Uh, that he loves us. That's huge. And that the whoever believes in him, I mean, that's eternal. But, but I want you to see the red letters from Jesus, this next passage, John 14, 12. This is St. John, right in this gospel account. But this is penning down from the words and the mouth of Jesus Christ that he wanted us to know. He was talking to a, uh, one of his followers named Philip. And uh, he was talking to him. And, and, and Philip was asking questions. He was going, listen, if you've seen the Father... If, if you've seen me, Jesus, you have seen the Father. Don't you get it? Don't you understand? And then he says this phrase. Very truly I tell you. So he's saying, listen, this is really, really true, okay? So Jesus is saying this is true. It's true, all right? Whoever believes, there it is again. Remember John three sixteen. whoever believes in me, here he goes again. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Okay, why don't we have that one? Like, what, what, what is it that's keeping us from going, hey, it even has like that pretty whoever believes in me. Like, it's, it's there. Like, this is from Jesus. It's in the same book. It's in the same Testament, same gospel, right? But, but this is Jesus saying, listen, uh, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, like, I mean, I'm, I'm in on John 3, 16. Like, I believe that. I believe in this room you are here and you're going, I believe that. I stand on that passage. I believe it's true. I'm in on that. The question would be internally, do we believe it with the same fervency, the words of Jesus, red letters, that whoever believes in him will do what he had been doing, worse that he'd been doing, but even greater things than these. Like, like even greater? Like, dude, have you read some of them? Like, he does some pretty cool stuff. Like, I don't know about you, I'm like, I read it, and if you hang around with me, you'd be like, no, Jesus is better. Like, you're not, you're not, you're gonna be like, you know, oh man, you were doing greater than things than Jesus. You'd be like, yeah, that, oh, I mean, hang tight. Like, uh, but, but seriously though, I mean, this is Jesus saying, this is what I want from those who are saying they are followers of me, they believe in me. It's not just that you have eternal life, but that your life here will be working for eternal purposes as well. And it's, it's a powerful, powerful, true, powerful, powerful statement. So maybe the question with this that kind of drives us and delivers us from is like this idea of whoever believes in me uh, will do, like, so how are we doing, right? So we're gonna, let's, how are we doing with this? And, and so maybe the question is more like this, exactly how Christ-like are you and I? Like in our 
in our works and life, like he was talking about doing works, like he was saying like the way in which he lived, are we living like Christ? Exactly how good are we doing this? How well are we doing at this in general? And, and what does this look like? So maybe that's the big question for today is exactly how are we doing with this idea? Because I want us to narrow in over the next six weeks, we're gonna look at the way in which Jesus lived, the characteristics of Christ, and we're gonna see the unique ways in which he lived out his journey and that he is calling us to do likewise if we believe in him. These are the works he's calling us to be. This is the characteristics he's calling us to be. This is the way in which we're supposed to operate. So the first ones for today, what we're going to try to cover today, is like Jesus, we are called to be approachable, available, and aware. Approachable, available, and aware. Okay, I'll explain to you why that is so, like, listen, you understand right now, but this is a big deal. But like, this is a big characteristic that if we live this out, it is a big, big deal. And I'll be able to share with you through the rest. But to, to get us started with something a little bit more fun, um, I want to start us, um, as you were getting to know me a little bit, I want you to remember back a little bit to somebody who was not very approachable, not very available or aware, okay? So, so there's two different categories, I'd say, in the uh, non-approachability kind of category. You have those that have a resting face that when you go up to them, you're like, I would like to talk to you, but now I saw your face. <laughs> so based on this, um, I'm now going to go this way, right? So like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, is that judgmental? Is that wrong on me? Like, I, like, right. So, but like, there's people that like, just don't seem approachable. Like you walk up to them, you're like, pass. Like, I'll, somebody else can talk to them. I, I'm out. Like, Right? So, so you have that side of it, okay? So you got that side, it's just kind of like they got that face. And like, I'm, not, I'm trying not to like catch eyes with people because they're like, did you notice he looked at me like that when I said that? Anyways, I'm gonna look at this guy like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, so you got that side. And then you have the other side, which is they're not approachable because of like, like imagine, okay, think about when you were a teenager. There's got some, some teenage uh, folks in here, maybe some youngers in here. Um, like you ever had somebody in your class or in your school that they were so beautiful, like so uniquely popular and like in a different category from you that you're like, I ain't even sitting at that table. I ain't even talking to them. Like we're talking middle school, gymnasium. I'm on this side, you're on that side. I ain't approaching that. Like that you just, like there's just this separation, right? Like, like you remember that feeling of when you walk in the room, you're like, I ain't going near that because that's a lot better than this. And, and so I, I remember 16 years old, there's this most popular girl in the class. Like this girl is cheerleader. I mean, just like, like just got that bubbling personality. Like it's one of, all the guys want to know her. Like she's, she's just popular. Like she's just one of those things. I, I walk in the room and I see her and I'm like, I ain't sitting at that table. Like I'm going to go sit over in this corner because it's like, I don't even belong in this table. Like that table is not reserved for guys like me. But, but just to give you a visual of what this girl looked like, this is a couple years later, but she didn't look any different from the time she was 16 to the time that she was 22 here. Like this girl was, dang, like right, you're in high school and you're just like, I ain't sitting at that table. Like that's just not, not for me. Like I, that is not approachable. Like you see that from my perspective, you're going, nope, not going there. No chance, keep moving. Like that's the mentality. And some of y'all are like, oh, you're being too hard on yourself. Mm, you'll change your mind in about 10 seconds, okay? So <laughs> hit me, 
16 years old. This is what I was working with as I walked in. And y'all be gentle and you put your phones down. Don't be recording this, all right? <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <clears throat> I mean, look, there's a lot of game working there, but it won't game to be playing in that table. That table does not belong with this guy, okay? There's like, there's like this like chain going on here. There's like some bug eye, blonde hair thing. Like, listen, this is what I was working with though, okay? This is all I got. And so I just knew that there was one table that was not welcoming of this guy. And so, I mean, again, if you're like, well, wait, wait was she really like, oh no, like it was legit. Like one of these is not like the other. I'll let you figure out that. All right, so you just look at that and you're going, you know, you ever met somebody and you're going like, how did you and like what happened in what universe? Is this like Stranger Things? Like is this the underworld? So anyways, like that's what was happening right here in this situation. But, but here's what's crazy. Let me get this off the screen. Whew. Okay, so, so here's, <laughs> here's what's crazy though. I think for a lot of us, we see Jesus in the same way. Like we see Jesus as like so beautiful, set apart, so magnificent, so amazing, so holy, so set apart. Like I can't approach him. Like do you know the mess that I've made? Do you know the ugliness of me? Do you know the mess that I've made in my life? Like I can't approach him. Are you kidding me? Like, I know we can, like, dress up and look good when we walk in here and see one another, but, like, the, the deep yuck, the thought, have you ever seen your thought life before? Like, those bad thoughts, the sin that you've had in your life this past week, yesterday, this morning, a few minutes ago when you were judging me on that screen? <laughs> but, but for many of us, we've seen God as unapproachable can't go near you. That's why I don't pray to you. That's why I don't talk to you. That's why I don't show up at these things. That's why I don't go to church. That's why I don't, because it's, it doesn't, it doesn't belong. I don't belong at that table. That, that table isn't for me. I have no chance there. And that's why the availability that Jesus is going to show us today is so powerful. And if you're here today and you're wondering, man, is, is Jesus really available for the mess of me? I want you to see the beauty in his red letters. So it starts off in Matthew 19 here together. And what we're gonna see is, is, is in Matthew here, he's setting up a scene and he's saying Jesus was in the process of doing ministry. He's healing people, he's teaching, he's doing amazing miracles. And here he finds himself in this gathering, in this place with his disciples around and all these other people around. And this is the scene that sets up. In Matthew 19, we see this one day, uh, some parents, Okay, kind of like you today, if you brought your kiddos here, um, it says some parents brought their children to Jesus so, so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Okay, so point number one, what I love about this passage is number one, um, the parents believed in Jesus. They're going, I, I believe in him so much, I'm willing to, I've heard stories about him. I may even see him on my eyes. But I believe in him so much that I'm willing to take my kids to Jesus because I believe in him and I want them to experience it. Now listen, they didn't know if Jesus was gonna be like, get up off me. Like he didn't, they didn't know, 
But, but they, they were willing to take the chance of rejection because they loved, they've seen and known that he is worth believing in and pursuing because there's something special about Jesus they wanted their kids to know. I love that. And listen, as parents, this is what we gotta be. For our loved ones and for our kiddos, our families, anybody that we care about, we gotta be, listen, I know I, you may or may not want to come, but I've got to bring you to Jesus. You've got to meet him. You've got to know him. You've got to see what he can do in your life. You've got to bring him to Jesus. And number two, point number two on this is that, you know, a lot of times children and others are overlooked as a bother. Sometimes they're overlooked as like an inconvenience or sometimes they're overlooked. But what I love about Jesus is that he didn't, in this, what's so beautiful here is that he, he here is doing something that is special that even the Christians around them didn't see. And for, for some of you here, you need to know that you might have walked into situations and scenarios where you felt rejected or not welcome. Like, like you might have felt like, if you've ever felt like from other Christians that have pushed you away or pushed you down, like, hey, you're not welcome in this church, you're not welcome in this group, you're not welcome around us. Like, if you've ever felt that, where you're just like, man, this doesn't belong to me. I'm, I'm too messed up, too broken. But like Christians will do that. Like, like these disciples were like, no, 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 you don't belong here. And that's for you that are feeling that way. I want you to see the way Jesus responds and corrects these Christians. This is the way he does it. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, exclamation point. It's an important one. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And then get this, this is so special. He placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. This is so special here. Like you gotta get this. Okay, so the first point here is that Jesus is available. So, so he was in the middle of a bunch of different people, but the kids that need to be brought to him, he was saying, I am available, I am approachable, and I am aware of you. So they are welcome here. Like Jesus is saying, you are welcome here. You belong here. In fact, people who have a faith like you is exactly what this kingdom is all about. What the kingdom of heaven is all about. I'm available for you. I, I want you to be here. And then look at the intimacy. The individual one-on-one -on -one intimacy of Christ where he goes, not only are they welcome here and belong here, he then placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. So all these kiddos... He didn't like bring them all together and say a priestly prayer and be like, all of these kiddos, God, do work in their life, heal them, help them, love them, lead them. Like he didn't do that some priestly prayer. He individually says, hey, come here. Come, come sit up on my lap. Place his hand on their head. This is God. I love them. I love this girl. Heal them, protect them, walk with them. Lord, would they, would they know you and would they listen to the teachings that I'm going to teach you? Would they walk in faithfulness to you for the rest of their days? Would they spend eternity with you, God? Would you just walk with them, heal them, protect them, provide for them? Like he individually, like hands on their head, like individual Jesus. I love that. that. That you and I as children coming before Jesus has time for you. He's so available for you. And he's aware. He's aware of you. He knows. And listen, like anybody been like serving in the children's area, some of them got boogers and stuff. Like they're nasty, right? 
Like, I'm just being honest. Like, so it's like, they, it's like, like he doesn't know that you're nasty. Like, he knows it. Like, you're dirty kids. Like, they just are. Like, they just, if you don't know, I got two of them. You can just take them for an evening and go, yeah, they're nasty. Like, yes, they are. So like, but he was like, I'm going to take my time with them. You belong here. I welcome you in. Such a powerful, powerful passage. So simple, so true, so profound. It's why Jesus is calling us to, to be in, in this approachable life, like to see him and know him as approachable, available, and aware for you individually. And, and why that matters for us to do likewise. Jesus, again, like Jesus, we are called to be approachable, available, and aware. Approachable, available, and aware. For us to see the way in which we treat one another, our kiddos and beyond, the way we see and treat one another, to see us as for them to see Christ and to see Christ through us and in us as approachable, available, and aware. That we are a people who says, listen, you are welcome. You're welcome in my home. You're welcome in my circle of friends. You are welcome in my church. That you guys are welcome. You are approachable, available, and aware because he is. All right, so, so maybe just to drill this home a little bit more for you, okay, on, on, the, on the value of this. You've got to go in a little bit of a context of what's taking place. So, uh, so we, for thousands of years before Jesus came, the way in which the people of God would approach God as him being holy and set apart, they had this tabernacle system set up where there was these different levels of entry into it. And only certain people would be able to enter into these places and they had to do certain rituals to get into them because they were setting apart just how bad our sin is. The yuck of our decisions and sin had a consequence. And that was a separation from God. That was a big deal that our sin created this separation and that they would have to go through these processes of cleansing and, and of, of, of uh, the sacrificial lambs and they would have to cut and do these certain practices just to show and explain the, the symbolic realities of the difference between us and God. And so that's the reason they kind of built this place that God had called them to build and there was this curtain that was set up between this holy of holies area in which the dwelling of God was to be. And so the people of God would be in this place where they, would, they wouldn't be able to approach this place. They would tie priests, they would tie these chains, the priests' legs, so that way when they went into this place, if they hadn't fully been forgiven of sins, if they didn't sacrifice that they were supposed to, if they didn't shed the blood of the lamb rightly, that, they, that in the presence of God or being near the presence, just near the presence of God, it would kill them dead and they would drag them out because they were no longer making ringing bells that they would tie to their legs to see if they were dead or not. Like, this is a big deal. Like, it's like we shouldn't be at the table with God. Like, we, we, we don't deserve that. Like, he's looking at us with some blonde hair, bug eye looking, like he's looking at us and going like, we don't belong there. Like, that isn't the case. And so that's what makes this such a huge deal. So this was taking place all the way to the presence of Jesus. Jesus goes after he walks from the kids, walks and lives life showing us how to live. He goes and gets beaten and murdered on a cross. And here on this cross, he's taking his last breath. And this is the way he put it. In Matthew 27, 50 through 51, Jesus, then Jesus shouted out again. And he released his spirit. So he took his last breath, heart stopped beating, released his spirit. At that moment, 
the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart. Okay, so here's the thing. Thousands of years, separation between the people of God and of God. And then because of what Jesus did on the cross, the veil was torn. The curtain was torn into the place of the Holy of Holies. In our place, we are welcome in the presence of God from this day forward because of what Jesus did. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So you and I, while we were still sinners, with the mess and the muck that we've made, that God says, listen, you come here. You come here. You sit on my lap. You are welcome here. You belong here. This is your place. This is your home. I am your dad. I know you're messy. I know you're yucky. I know you got dirty hands. I know you, get, I know you just made some bad decisions. But you come back to daddy. You belong on my lap, in my place. You are my child. You are welcome here. Because the blood of the Lamb of Jesus tore the curtain and any barrier between us and him. John 1, 14, he put it this way. So the word Jesus became human and made his home. This phrase is actually the Greek word there, is he tabernacled among us. Meaning that Jesus came out of the Holy Holies into the presence of humanity. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus became flesh, became the sacrificial lamb for us, so we get to be with a God who is available, approachable, and aware. So that beautiful girl, you may have figured out, um, Due to, I don't know, a lack of decision-making, I don't know what it was, said, gave me a shot. And not realizing exactly how set apart she really was for me, she said yes. And we have been together for 21 years now and married for 16. And yeah, right? I mean, and she taught me, don't you ever dye your hair like that ever again. You grow hair in your face to cover that ugliness. Like she's, she's helped. She's helped me. She now dresses me. I've never bought a pair of my clothes anymore. I don't do that. I don't wear a chain anymore. Like, there's hope for us all. All right? But this was amazing is that me and that beautiful, beautiful girl became a beautiful woman. Um, we, we got to have two beautiful kiddos. And uh, fortunately, they are so, look so much like mom and not like me and because of the grace of God. And so uh, it's pretty amazing. And so uh, when we're talking about this idea of the availability of Jesus, it really hit hope for me when I began to think about my son in this past week. So Isaac's actually here. Isaac, would you come on up on stage, buddy? Come on up, buddy. This is my boy Isaac. Come here, big boy. As you can see, I mean, look at that. Looks like his mom and his beautiful face. Like, yeah. So, so this is what's amazing, you guys. Um, so us being a people who are approachable, available, and aware with a God who is approachable, available, and aware. Me and that, uh, his beautiful mama um, decided from the day before he was born that we would take him to Jesus, like as much as we could, as often as we could. So we committed to take him to church. And this was before I was a minister. Um, but this was like, man, every church, every day, we want to be at church. We want to get him to the feet of Jesus every day possible, even when he was an infant. And this is what's crazy. Is so even in our infancy, when we're taking care of your young babies and kiddos, they're not just 
caring for your kid to keep him from crying in the room. They actually pick him up, holding him, praying over him. They used to sing hymns to him as he was rocked to sleep. From the day he was born, he was being loved and prayed on and cared for by volunteers and teachers and people that just cared and loved him. And they wanted him to meet Jesus. And as he got older and was able to crawl and walk, he went to the next room and he would, they'd play games. They'd play games about learning about Jesus and they would uh, make little crafts learning about the resurrection realities of Jesus and how he forgives sin and how he's a loving father. And as he got a little bit older, got into kindergarten, they started having more conversations about the realities of sin and the, the punishment of it. And he gets in the first grade and they're teaching him about what it means to actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so here is this journey of people who are approachable, available, and aware speaking and praying and loving on our kiddo all the way through helping them know Jesus is available. He loves you. He wants to be with you. I know that you sinned and messed up. Let's talk about that. Let's work through that. And so with that in conjunction with the Holy Spirit's gifted in the individuals in this room, they're serving over in those rooms. They get to speak and share Jesus with Isaac over and over. And this past week, uh, this little man and me got to kneel down together and pray to Jesus talk to Jesus and about how we want to be forgiven of our sins, how he believes and wants to trust in Jesus, make him his Lord and Savior forever, not just so that way he gets to be in heaven forever, but so he gets to live now and today with him every day. And so together, after that prayer, we got to go and do a little baptism. Yeah. And so me and my brother, who's in that photo, and my dad um, all together. My brother's a pastor as well. And we all went out together, and um, we got to just have this sweet moment where he just got to talk with God and um, share about why he wants him to be his own personal Lord and Savior and wants to live for him from this day forward. And this was all part of the availability, the approachability, and the awareness of God for my son through the Holy Spirit, through you, the ones that have invested and cared for and the other churches we've been at that have cared and invested in our kiddo to help him know that he is welcome at the feet of Jesus because of the blood that was poured out for him. If you're here today and, and you're going, man, I, I want that to be true for me, you're in the right place. We would love to continue this conversation with you and talk with you about what it looks like to make Jesus your own personal Lord and Savior but maybe you're here today and you have made him your Lord and Savior. Maybe the question is, what do you need to do to be the representation of Christ, to help people like my boy Isaac be able to learn and know the true grace and love that we have found in Jesus? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for my son Isaac here, Lord, and I thank you for each and every person that have invested in his life, the hundreds of volunteers, the hours spent praying and working with and loving and walking with and playing crafts and games and toys and donating their time every Sunday, month after month, year after year, investing in his life to help him encounter the true Jesus. You, Lord, who love him, who cared for him, has led him all the way to this place where me and his mama got to pray with him every night, 
tell him about the goodness of what he has done in our life and why he loves him so much. So God, in this room, I pray for each individual that they would see you as the approachable God that you are, that you welcome us in, even in our mess, to go sit at your feet and that you still wanna pray over us and love on us and walk with us and journey with us and correct us and train us. But that if we really believe in you, that not only will we have eternal life, but that we too will do the things that you've been doing and even greater things than these. We thank you for your words. We thank you for this church. In Jesus' name we pray.